Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 through 19. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent of Mede, who was the king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely, 70 years. Then I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made a confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning away from your commandment and rules. We have not listened to your servant, the prophets who spoke in your name, to our kings and our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, open shame. As this day, to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you, to us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, and we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servant, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out upon us because we've sinned against him. We've confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole of heaven, there has not been, there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done. And we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made a name for yourself, as at this day we have sinned and done wickedly. O Lord, according to all of your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because of our sins. And for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and the people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, O Lord, listen to the prayer of your servant and the plea for mercy for your own sake, O Lord. Make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ears and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolation in the city that is called out by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy, O Lord. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because of your city and because of your people who are called by your name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love this prayer of mm. Daniel here. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, he's thinking about the seven years and, and you know, it's coming time. Yep. 
And so he's like, okay, maybe we can go back. And of course they do. But one of the things that there's, there's like so much gospel packed into this like prayer here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God bringing judgment upon his beloved, you know, the, the, you know, in the Habakkuk series, we talked a lot about this, like the, mm-hmm. the judgment of God, the Chaldeans. And then of course, a little bit here with the Medes and the Persians that, that brought upon the beloved covenant people of God, um, you know, the uh, God's judgment came upon them, and 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 he's saying, "Let let us be cleansed, let us return, let us turn." Uh, the amazing thing about like the new covenant that we are in is God has brought judgment not on us that we deserve, but on His Son Jesus. That through His stripes, through His pain, through His cross, we can be forgiven and healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're already seeing that theme unpack itself, mm-hmm. and of course, this is why it's important to read books like Daniel and to consider what God has done with his real covenant people, the people of Israel. And, um, and then just to understand what, what it's like for us to have a relationship with God, of course, in Christ. So a lot in this passage, it's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful, just prayer for forgiveness and calling out to the mercy of God. I love that there's this theme throughout your sake, for your sake, for your sake. Um, so thoughts, comments, uh, yeah. What do you think? Will? it's such a, it's such a interesting idea. You know, there's, several moments in scripture uh, that are harmonious with this uh, and the prophet Isaiah um, or the prophecy of Isaiah, uh, the Lord says it's, you know, it's not for your sake that I'm about to act, uh, but for my name's sake. And that can sound kind of chafing, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. rude almost like that sounds egotistical. Like, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Go out of your way to say that, you know, you're about to work salvation, like not for our sake, but for your own sake. And, and so I think Daniel's prayer is actually very helpful and illuminating because he's actually appealing to that. And, and Jeremiah, who, you know, just a side note is that I love that, you know, Daniel says that he perceived that this was about to happen because of the words of the Lord to Jeremiah. Right, right, so right. there's a little like colleague, like prophetic colleague um, understanding happening. But, you know, Jeremiah, he, there, there's similar appeals to, you know, Lord, for the sake of your great name, you know, bring salvation to us. And the reason that I think that Daniel's prayer here can help us understand how is it ultimately loving and most loving of God to bring about salvation for the sake of his name rather than, you know, say just for the sake of uh, being kind to us. And what what Daniel really illuminates is if the favor and kindness of God is for the sake of, you know, us, if it rests on us looking for his favor and kindness, then it'll never happen because we are constantly looking away from God's mercy. We're constantly turning away from God's kindness. We're constantly forsaking the, the great love, the great order that he has surrounded us with. And so, you know, uh, Piper, I, he, one of those look at the book uh, yeah, yeah. videos that he does. Um, he actually does that Isaiah passage and he drew this little uh, diagram that I thought was really helpful of how the gospel resting on God's glory, um, ultimately resting on God's glory and not us. And basically it's like the, the diagram, you should just go look that up because he's going to explain it better than I will. Yeah. But the the pillar of God's glory is 
incredibly unchanging and constant. And therefore, if his mercy towards us is bound with his own glory, which is unchanging, then it it creates a good news which is completely untainted by human response. And we're invited into it. We're invited to share in it. We are the inheritance of God in that economy. But it, it does not rest on our response. Right. And it's not according to things that we've done to hold up our end of the bargain, but it's just according to his own great mercy. And so Daniel has a, a very deep understanding of true good news here. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, I think to the Piper uh, diagram that you're mentioning, I just trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it, but that is like our hope. It, it's not that God deals with us according to what we deserve. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's, what's interesting is that like, I think we always want to go back to that. Um, you know, Christians are, or people are willing to recommend or to recognize their sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have this understanding of, well, I can overcome it. I, I can, you know, I can, um, I can overcome the wrong that I've done. And I think what that fails to do is to recognize like the, what, what true holiness is. Mm. Um, and I think when we really get a glimpse of like what holiness is like. It's not, our problem is not just all the bad things we've done. Will mm. our problem actually becomes like the good things that we've done and how like impure our heart is even in the best of things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really start to get a glimpse of the holiness and the power and the perfection of God. The only hope that we have is that God would save us for his sake. Uh, that, that, that because of God's love for his covenant people, um, he would extend mercy to them. And of course, that's so deeply and exactly what we see in the person and work of Jesus that um, for God's sake, by God's righteousness, uh, by God's redeeming power, I mean, God gets all the glory in the gospel Mm -hmm. because God achieves every part of the gospel. And all we do is are invited to participate and respond in Mm -hmm. faith. Um, and that will reorient your life mm-hmm. uh, away from any sort of self-righteousness or self-centeredness and and, and truly toward like this God-centered mm-hmm. uh, love for his mercy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found that little video, Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Uh, look it up on Desiring God. But for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. And then this, this little diagram, it's like kind of two lines and one has a, a pillar holding up the other. And basically what he's illustrating is God's zeal for his glory. Yeah. God's understanding of his glory surpassing all others is actually a solid bedrock on which his unfailing love for us rests. And, you know, the, the other alternative would be you know, his love for us resting on our merit. Right, right. And so it's there's actually... A shaky pillar. Yeah, there's uh, a much better merit in his own glory. Amen. So, yeah. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Jason Dees. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. 
1-800-285-1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.